Hello, and welcome back to Filter Optional. I am the no filter, Chico West. And I'm the filter, Shannon West. I'm so grateful for the filter in my life. Good Lord, I haven't been around, though, lately, because I've been a little under the weather, and you've needed me. I've needed you big time, and yet I've let you, just, you have... Uh, you've yeah. just been out in public vomiting. I have without me no no filter (laughs) yeah and i gotta i'm gonna tell a story here in a little bit about that same thing but i uh oh you are i i have i i'm glad we're back you know we we did a few episodes because travis came in town and we haven't been and so we got to see him for about 10 days kevin got to go on vacation he's all tan yes yes i did did go on vacation and so we had a little time with with travis but now he's back doing football and beck's wrapping up his uh his school year the never ending i think i can can, i I think think i I can it's crazy i I mean it's just like till june 18th i I mean i would be going crazy if that was the case i walked in today just a little aside i walked in today to his room to ask him a question and i was like oh oh sorry are you in class and he he looked up from his bed okay he's laid back in his bed his computer's up on his desk and he's got his phone in front of him and something else and um i I go, oh, I started talking, and then I go, oh, sorry, are you in class? And he goes, technically. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, okay, well, can I still, can I just talk to you? And he goes, sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, this Zoom. But it's going to end this next school year. He'll be a senior, so we'll have two seniors. But... The great thing is we haven't we haven't had a guest in studio in I don't know how long. Well, it's been a long road to have guests. And guests We've had we've done some zooms. We've but, done some yeah. zooms, but this time we have a guest and he's been on our show before. You know, one of my dearest best friends, neighbors, you know, uh he was on a show when you were out of town and you zoomed in. And so it was it was at the old studio. He even called me this morning. But let's welcome back Greg Gordon. Gordo. Yes. Hi, everybody. Yay, hi. Yes. It's hard without the fake applause. Where do we yes. have the fake yeah, applause? Yeah, fake applause. We're, we're, we're excited about having Gordo. You know, Gordo, you know, the filter. I was... Uh, I walked by your house with the dog, and you weren't there. Why did yeah. you say the filter? You mean the no filter? The no filter yes. of me, you but his filter. filter. Oh. I I saw his filter, you know, and that being Jill, mm-hmm. and she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, uh, Greg was in rare form last night. He did a backflip at the neighbor's house on the trampoline. Yes, yes, and so I I when Shannon said she, you know that she needed to be around. Because I I have a filter. Yeah, you're you're blessed. You have a filter. Oh yes, yeah. uh, but just like you, Chico, it doesn't matter. Even it, with one, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It it, it just it, I even with our filters. A backflip on the trampoline isn't really a filter situation. That's just a risk taking. Just a couple yeah. little side stories on that one. You know, I I had an annular tear tear on my L four L five like ten days ago. Oh my and so everyone was going, no, don't do it. And I tried to do it with my cigar in my mouth like I hit my golf ball. So then I thought, oh, my gosh, I could hurt myself, but I shouldn't hurt the man's trampoline. So I, I took the cigar out, and I left it with the person that was videotaping. And then I nailed the backflip and got out and grabbed my cigar, and everybody was going nuts. It was. Yeah. Remember when I did the gainer at, at Lakewood? Yes. Yeah, it was one of those type of events where it's like, wow, this overweight old guy can actually still do it. Yes. Right. 
And so, so Leo, the next day, um, said, Dad, who's the craziest person you know? And I go, I don't know. Leo, why? And he goes, I think you're the craziest person. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's and so that's, you have to remind our audience, you know, Gordo, you live uh, around the block from us, and you have how many kids? I have five kids. I have uh, two sets of twin boys and a uh, three-year-old little girl. I'm about to be 48, so I'm old with a baby. Yes. And my knockout punch is that I have two sets of twin boys with two different women. Yes. yes. You and you're active. I mean, I I drove by your house that the night you did the gainer, and I I saw. I mean, it's just I remember that time since we're gonna have two seniors, one in college and one in mm. high school. It's like there. It's man, you're you have an active uh, block, but I remember those times with with our buddies uh, that we would always have people over to the houses and there'd be kids running everywhere. And that was our time to socialize, but keep the kids entertained. You totally, remember that, yes. Shannon? Well, yeah. How can I forget it? Yes. Yes. Because of Gordo, I think because Gordo, or are we going to call him Greg or Gordo? No, it's, it's just a, terrible. It's so yeah. terrible. Should we tell everybody what the translation means? What is it? Yes. <laughs> I get, so your name is Greg Gordon, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. And I know the story yeah. about your football helmet. Yes. Correct. But, but, but for, for okay. the audience members that don't speak Spanish, the translation on Gordo <laughs> is cute baby. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, I got my degree in Spanish, but I will go with that. Yeah, okay, you'll go with that, yes, mm-hmm. from the university. But anyway, so Greg owns a construction company. I mean, um, Gordon Highlander is the name of the, the company, and so he has a company that needs organizational health. And so um, that's – and he has done a very good job of implementing it, I think, from the get-go and kind of introducing you, Chico, to organizational health. I think he kind of introduced you to it. Now, I don't want to take it away from you, but I want to kind of define it for people. Like, you, your deal is mental health, really. Brain, yeah, my, brain my, health space, health. my space is behavioral health. If you were to talk about my space, yes. you know, Gordo space is construction, yes. you know, which then can branch off to real estate and all sorts of other things right there. I'm just saying that for those listening, what we're about to talk about is something that everyone could relate to, whether you're an owner or an, an employee of a company, you want your, if you're an employee of a company, you want your employer or your company to practice organizational health. And so I'm just trying to, define that before we dig into it as it's the same as well, I physical, had a plan. I have physical a plan. health or mental health. Well, that's a first. So I, I mean, didn't I know did. Plan, I have a plan. I even have all these notes. Or spiritual and I health. I'm just, okay. I'm just going ahead and giving the, you know, layman's, you know, explanation of what we're going to talk about. Okay. So you can talk about spiritual health. You can talk about physical health. You can talk about mental health, behavioral health, whatever you want to talk about. We are going to talk about organizational health, meaning the health of organizations. And so what I wanted to do for both of y'all is try, you know, a word association. What do you think organizational health means? Gordo. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there, is this a Wikipedia thing? Like, can we Google this? Is there something out there that really defines this? Or, 
I, I feel right. like... I'll look it up. No, I, I got it. I got it right here. Organizational health is defined as a state of an organization that may be beneficial, healthy, or burdening, ill, for the organization. A healthy organization is the one where all processes are performed efficiently. <laughs> While an ill organization is the one where some of the processes malfunction or even fail. Hmm. You know, and so I don't know if there's a, I mean, in, in my opinion, when I think of organizational health, I'm not sure there's an organization that is pure healthy. Not you know, by those terms. No, I don't at all. By, not by no. those terms. Yeah. How could you do that? How, that seems kind of impossible. It does seem impossible. It makes it sound like it's a static thing. Like you just yes. make a widget and the widget, you know, works and functions yeah. and, but you're dealing with it in any organization, you have people that. You have people working for it, not just a you know an instrument, you know, not just a you know if it's a manufacturing a robot, company, not a robot. A robot, someone has to run the robot. You yeah, know, and what what do we know about people and processes? They're flawed. They're messy. Yes, that's why I think uh, we both love talking about this, Chico, because you understand people really well, and um, well. The other thing I think is that we've both watched each other mature professionally. I met you in 2007 when I started Gordon Highlander, you know, and you knew and it was two people and three people and four people. And now it's 85 people in three different cities. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's just, I mean, and let's pause for a second. That's 14 years in 14 years. You've gone from two people. And, and in a way, I I think of of how your organization started. It's like I think of uh, Jerry Maguire. Okay, who's with me? Right. You know, and Eric and Mandy were the two that came with you. Yeah, exactly. And so, and from that, you grew this organization, and you left a company to go. Man, I believe in myself. I'm going to take that risk. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a I had a theory that business was done through relationships and um you know other wonderful part of my journey is some of those early relationships the client relationships um those guys have actually come to work for gordon highlander it's crazy i i was thinking about this as i was looking at uh looking at organizational health i love this quote on a leader okay so you look at leaders and this is this is what makes me think of you because mm. I do know your organization. Uh, I know a lot of the people there. I love you know I love going out uh, you know to Sigmund Road and you know spending time with with the guys. We you know your best friend you know Brad lives in the neighborhood and Shan and I are getting to know Brad and Jennifer better. But I love this. I define a leader as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and who has the courage to develop that potential. Mm. And I go, this is Gordo. This is what I wrote next to my notes. You find the potential in people and in processes, you know, and who has the courage to develop that potential. Mm. Well, I agree with that. And then I also agree with, so what Greg was saying earlier about just starting, you know, going from two to, you know, whatever to 85, but, um, and in that process, 
Don't you all find that most people that start a company start with, they obviously have to start with a pretty solid business plan, especially if they're going to get a loan to start their business or something, you know, the, the, the financial institutions require mm. one thing. They yeah. require one thing, and that's mainly numbers and, like, statistics and percentages and, like, all that crap. Or and the then, performa. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. And then once you start a business, you really have to be about processes, you know, and, like, you know, how are we going to – who do I need to run this and who I – you know, whatever. But that missing link that you, from the get-go – plugged in there was the relationship part of it where a lot of people are like i, I gotta get my ducks in a row and then add the relationship ship piece mm. when it's probably better to you have to have your ducks in a row for financial institutions and for just a business in general you can't loosey-goosey it or you're hosed but it's important that the organizational health part of it that makes Gordon Highlander go from two to 85 besides the spiritual piece too and the the praying about it and the bringing it along is that relationship piece that's the difference between organizations that don't make it to 85 right you see what I'm saying I don't know what do you what what do you think Gordo I mean you've worked for other organizations and you've you've seen it and you've got your ups and downs these last 14 years and stuff like that yep Wow, I think it uh, it 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 definitely. Um, I I you know I was I went to high school Jesuit and the idea was to be a man for others and I see now how that imprinted me and how much of a blessing that's been on my business. Yeah, I didn't know any other way, but I think what you're saying is that was a part of the secret ingredients. Yes. And it dovetails into what you, you're identifying in the quote about seeing the potential in others. Yes. I think when you, when you live a for others life, that it allows you to show up courageously in those places with people or processes. Um, you mentioned Brad. You know, we have a wonderful story, and part of it is that we went to Jesuit together. Uh, we drove to school together from Plano. We were kind of outsiders that felt like the Catholic mafia down here in Dallas. And, <laughs> and uh, we ended up being the student body president and vice president. Mm-hmm. We were co-captains of the wrestling team. And I feel like in a way we kind of cracked the, the code over at Jesuit. It was hard to, I, th- I thought it was a big achievement to be the student body president, and not come from one of the Catholic feeder schools. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or the lineage. Because yep. your dad didn't go there, did right. Brad's dad go there? No. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, you know, it, whatever organization, that's an organization. Yeah. You, y'all didn't have the lineage, you know, and you did break the code in a lot of ways, you know. But what was the code? The code was to be a man for others. I mean, that okay. was that was the that was the process doctrine that they were teaching. That's the the legacy of the Jesuits. And you lit you and Brad lived that out. So that code was, hey, y'all were always for others from your freshman year through your senior year. You know, so I I like it as as we sit here. You're almost forty eight. I'm almost fifty three. Uh, you 
you can have kids that are in high school. Your two older twins are high school. I got my youngest that's going to be a senior is like, man, some of those imprints right there can actually be healthy ones. Lots of times we just talk about the unhealthy imprints mm. that happened in high school. And you had a lot of healthy imprints in high school uh, that have given you the tools for success at Gordon Highlander. It's such a small, it's such a small world. You know, the other imprint that I'm thinking about is the one that you referred to earlier. That's behind the door. That's right over there. Yes. So also just having a father figure in the marketplace that believed in me. Yeah. And so right there, that's some organizational health. What, what else I was thinking about is like, I, I want to wrestle with this, these concepts. And I, I love Brene Brown stuff and daring to lead. Uh, and what she talks about, you know, four, she, she talks about four characteristics and I want to kind of break those down with you as like, how do we rumble with vulnerability, living into our values, braving trust and learning to rise? You know, and what she says about, you know, rumbling and vulnerability, you can't get to courage without rumbling with vulnerability. Embrace the suck. Oh, embrace the suck. Yes. Yeah. You know, what do you think of when you think of rumbling and vulnerability? And Shannon, man, you know, chime in no, go, there. Go ahead. Yeah. I always tell my filter, Jill, that I'm leaning into it. Yeah. Which is like my way of explaining kind of embrace the suck. Um, I'm such a feeler, you know? Yeah. I just am reflecting on our phone call this morning, really, um, just talking about fear and how it gets in there. And you were mentioning the freedom that you felt and that you were combating uh, fear like you were aware that you weren't consumed with it in a way. Like I have been in the past. Right. Yeah. And so it was so helpful for me because I I have a big week going on this week and situationally different than most. And and I'm dealing with a lot of fear. And it wasn't until you were talking about dealing with yours that it unlocked uh, an observation that I had about myself and what I was giving my power to. And um, I, I do think that... Most leaders are pretty authentic, and the hard place to get to is knowing that you don't have it figured out. A lot of times you're in a position where you feel like you need to have the answers. And I just was reminded this morning, one of my employees just said, yeah, I think this guy's struggling because he hasn't figured out that he doesn't know what he's doing yet. And he hasn't realized that he needs friends and community and the Lord. Yeah. And I... I mean, that right there, creating in a rich environment where that can occur. And, and this then, is at your, this is out of Gordon Highlander? This is, this is yes, this is me right talking there. to you and then me at work. And then all of a sudden I go like, I need to write this down. This needs to be a little postcard for me. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Sometimes I don't have all the answers. Here's what I need. I need friendship. I need community. And I need the Lord. That's and that's awesome because that was one of my questions as I was uh, just kind of wrestling with rumbling with vulnerability. Okay, what areas you know you're answering the embrace the suck 
part, I go, I wanted to ask. I was going, okay. No, how- I think that's him wrestling with vulnerability is oh, that he puts that on a card and then he's willing to share it with an employee so that the employee can share with another employee. So, you know, it trickles down to the whole thing. Whereas, you know, and I did hear when Chico, Chico has been the CEO and the owner of, you know, two businesses. And I have heard employees before say, we don't always want to hear about Chico's struggles because if it has to do with the business, um, that brings up fear in them. And so that can be a very lonely place as a leader Mm. to, if you have some fears around the business to not be able to share them, but organizational health is the leader being wrestling with in vulnerability in a way that isn't talking about the business, you know, but is talking about their life and their, their vulnerabilities. Like I don't always have the answers. And so I need, you know, well, and that's where that, I, think- I don't know how you separate them anymore. <laughs> that's the thing. I'd call it a grilled cheese sandwich where, I mean, literally yeah. I, yeah. when, when I just realized, Hey, um, my behavior is is a little amped up right now. The my right hand and my left hand man are kind of walking on eggshells because they can tell something's wrong. Yeah. And so I go, hey, I need to process now with you guys in a different way than I did with my team leader who's trying to help one of his employees. Right. But I said, hey, I need to let you guys know I'm struggling with a lot of fear around the things that are going to happen this week. We don't have any debt. And we're about to have some. There's a lot of personal guarantees. Um, I know I don't normally operate out of fear, but right now I'm feeling a lot of it, and I need you to understand what's affecting my behavior. Yeah. And they were like, well, let me, can I ask more questions? And so it allowed us to get to some unsaid things that I was dealing with that they needed to actually know about. And... uh, and Man, were you able to hear them when they were asking you the questions? And were they, were, is it, because I like what Harriet Lerner says, you know, uh, she says, you know, listen with the same intent that you want to be heard or listen with the same passion that you want to be heard. And so it sounds like you're, you're talking to your team, this organizational health piece in the sense of, hey, you shared, but you listened with that same passion. You were able to hear them get curious with you. Yeah, and then hey, it, what is this like? How, what's your perception of how much fear I'm talking about? You know, and they're like, "Well, yeah, right. dude, the, <laughs> the stakes just went way up." You know, like it's okay. Yeah, like it helps us to understand where you're coming from. Yeah, see, that's yes. Yeah, and so in in some ways, Shannon, it's like I, I like the, what Gordo just said. It's like a grilled cheese sandwich. How do you separate that? You know, and I struggled with that. Yes. I did struggle with that. How do I separate that with with some of the people? Some, And I think about my experience at Gaston House. Some of them were young and, you know, kind of millennials, and they were really young. They were in their 20s that I was leading. And it's like, I I don't know if they had enough life experience, but at Casa, it was like, it was different. You know, and I started doing a lot of my own work, you know, and – in some ways, you're correct that Gordo got me excited about organizational health. I was starting to do that stuff with those guys well, at OnSite. Well, listen, 
Chico, you've always done it since yes. you've started businesses because you you don't you come out when we were talking about the pro formas and all that stuff. Talk about something that is so hard to get you to do. Yeah, like you sure. start with all the feels and all the emotion, and when it comes to the bank stuff, you like completely get paralyzed and shut down, and you're like Shannon, help! Like. I can't, this is not my jam. Like, I just want them to know. I get caught in the weeds. I want them to know that I can start a good business and I can run it and I'm never going to not pay them back and they can give me money and I'm never not going to pay them back. But I'll they just need the data and I but get overwhelmed yes, with the data. paralyzed. So you have, you have always come at it, but it, you know, you got But a different way. And I like what you're saying is because in some ways you, your data, your processes, you know, I, I think about, you know, I love the story because one of your one of your early employees was a guy that came through, you know, my program and, you know, your first big Amazon job and, you know, your wife's pregnant, your filter, Jill is pregnant with your daughter and you go, hey, honey, and you, you painted this picture. You know, will, will you paint that picture when you and Deke are sitting in that trailer? Mm -hmm. You know, and just tell me, because I love how you broke down. That was processes, but in a lot of ways, it was it was rumbling in that vulnerability. You know, that's what I'm talking about. How do you do that? Have you heard that story, Shannon? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, the, the, the ironic thing is I'm sitting here listening and I'm going, no leader is going to show up at work and say, hey, we're going to talk about organizational health today. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't really work that way. No. No. It, it, it's, I think part of it is the messy place of living it out, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I knew we had a huge opportunity. It seemed like it was a hill that was too steep to climb. And so Deke put his hands up in the air on me and just said, hey, you know, how, how in the hell are we going to pull this off? <laughs> right. and, and I just said, uh, if you ever put your hands up on me again, you're going to be fired. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And he said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, you're going to call your wife and you're going to tell her tonight's just one of those nights where I'm going to be really late. And we went and we dug in. We went and got butcher paper. We covered the inside of the walls of the trailer, and we categorically broke the job down and tried to analyze where the longest pole in the tent was. And we built system and process around how we were going to manage each sub. And we went through the underwriting process of trying to figure out what their production rate was going to be and how much production we needed to buy. And we had multiple subs in certain trades, and we really thought outside the box on how we were going to deliver excellence for our client. Yeah, and so when we think of organizations, we think, okay, all those, you, you broke down the processes. But part of that organizational health is, ben, you before you could even break down that process, you had to be very direct with Deke and go, hey, no, we're going to do this. You're going to believe in this, and it's we're going to execute it. Yeah, and the thing I needed Deke to change was just the kind of negative interpretation it wasn't like how are we going to do it it was more like there's no way we can right, do it right which is what fear yes and so it's like man once we really go it's like man that's and shannon now you weren't you know you weren't on the phone when i was talking to gordo this morning just no, i was not <laughs> i i just seen and i don't know where it is just 
you know, this new, this, this transition that I'm going through. And that's what I was sharing with Gordo. Gordo's seen me just consumed in fear with the gas and house or with Casa. But today, and I don't know, tomorrow might change. But today, I just am not consumed in fear. There's fear there, mm-hmm. but it's not consuming. It's not overpowering. I and think so- that's a real, that was a real helpful illustration that you you, you gave me. Um, because I do think that the fear is normally there, and I'm dealing with it in a rational way, or we're in community sharing kind of where we are and how we're processing. And, uh, and then I realized that, Hey, uh, I know that I'm not talking about the abundance of fear that I'm dealing with right now, the situational fear, and that's affecting my behavior and people don't really understand. They don't know the the interesting thing about the debt. The most interesting thing is that it's both debt for the business and for me personally. Yeah, right. Yeah. So right. that's the grilled cheese sandwich. Right. That most people don't understand that an owner goes through. Yeah. You know, yes, the business is borrowing the money, but who's the personal guarantee? Yeah. It's yeah. me. Yeah. And it requires a certain amount of liquidity and net worth, and it requires debt coverage ratio, and it requires those things that probably get you paralyzed. Yes. Yeah, because they're 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 calculations that lawyers have put together and they have teeth around them. Yeah. And then you start right. and and when my fear takes over on those things and I get paralyzed, it's like, okay, it's gonna fail. You know, and then it's like, no. I mean there's well, but there's if, and so if you much. have good organizational health with your employees, you are able to share when appropriate mm-hmm. where that sideways stuff might be coming from, like you said with your you know, your, your top people that are the closest, they need circle. to know. Yeah. They yeah. need to, they need to know what's going on Yeah, but, um, with the business. And then, and then it trickles down again. And then there's a fine line between you have to self-protect too for codependency and things like that because. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, you know? Are you talking uh-huh. from a codependent standpoint or, yes. or are you talking to because the two I, other codependents in the room? Both, <laughs> both because I've, I've watched Chico struggle as a, a leader with codependency because he, like you, cares for his employees mm-hmm. and pours into them and yeah. wants them to be the best that they can be. And it's like with Deke, you know, you were very, that was not codependent at all. You were very straightforward and very like, if you throw your hands up again, you're gone and, you know, whatever. And so, it um, anyway, it just, I think that, you have to just be very careful about codependency mm. with the organ. I think that's part of the organizational health piece. Well, I, I love this when we talk about rumbling and vulnerability, and we can come back and explore this. <laughs> can I interrupt you yeah. and tell yeah. you I am having an old man yeah. moment? Go, go real quick. And <laughs> Speaking we'll, of being yeah, vulnerable, it. keep it going. It won't, yes. it won't last long. I It won't. Not, I'll repeat it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go. Oh. You keep talking about this. Let's talk about So what yeah. I was... I like what you're saying, Shannon, because, you know, on that codependency piece, you know, and what Brene Brown's talking about, rumble and vulnerability, embrace the suck. Yeah. You know, but what she, what I love this quote, vulnerability minus boundaries is not vulnerability. Right. And so that's, that's just all I was saying is that, you know, I think that if anybody's listening and they have a company of their own and they really need to, or they're an employee 
And they maybe want to take something like this to their boss and say, hey, can we like talk about some organizational health, you know, or something like that? I mean, I don't know. But yeah, um, and but but here's the deal. Part of talking about it is learning if you're a leader, you know, you don't have to be the owner. You can be you're, you're, right, there's right, leaders right, right. in every organization. Yes, yes. And part of that leadership, it goes sometimes it's it goes especially countercultural is is man, how many people embrace vulnerability? You can be vulnerable and have boundaries. Where I struggled in Gaston House is I didn't have boundaries. Right. You know, is like I, I would embrace vulnerability without some boundaries. Well, and I think it's the perfect time in the world to do some resets, especially with people either going back into the office. There's a lot of hybrid situations that are working well and um, things like that. But you can start small with things like a little, um, like, I mean, I hate to sound so dumb, but, or like antiquated, but like a suggestion box at work, you know, like, you know, or, or more um, team building, you know, activities, which people tend to not enjoy if they don't have good organizational health. They don't enjoy that. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to this work thing. Are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure that everything they do at Gordon Highlander, everyone enjoys a whole bunch because he makes it fun and he's vulnerable as a leader. He's not so stiff as a boss. Like, you know, I'm going to be the boss and we're going to have this fun activity and everybody's going to have so much fun. And then he's still stiff. He participates in the, like, I know that you all need to have some fun and things like that, but. Well, definitely. And so, and those, those things are good. But if we get back to, you know, living into our values, I like Those things are good, but. Not but. There is no but. (laughs) I apologize. Those things are great to add to it would be, you know, living into our values. I like this. Self-awareness and self-love matter. Who we are is how we lead. You know, and so understanding that, uh, you know, becomes really, uh, you know, valuable. You know, Gordo, what we were just, uh, what we were just saying is vulnerability without boundaries is not vulnerability. Hmm. You know, and I I think about you just knowing you so intimately um, is that, man, you you wear vulnerability better than anyone I know. Hmm. And I love that about you. You know, and I, I, you know, I, in a way, I, I live vulnerability all right, I think pretty well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but it's just like, I know when I'm struggling, it's, I, I don't have those boundaries. I become boundaryless, and then I go, man, maybe I'm using my vulnerability. I don't know if this is you, but I just wanted to ask this question. Do you use your vulnerability sometimes, you know, as a weapon, maybe? You know, I don't know. I know I have. I think maybe more as a shield. As a shield, okay, yeah. And so I, and maybe it's maybe it's a shield for me too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Y'all just have two different personalities. Yes, that's and for sure. I think you can use it as a weapon because you're you are kind of that's your that what's the intro um introjection versus projection project you're a projector and he's an introjector yes and so core wounds and how we how we 
you know, yes. heal our own yes. core wounds yes. in unhealthy ways. So I can mm. see you using it as a weapon because you're a projector and you're yes. kind of like, don't attack me because I am so vulnerable <laughs> and I'm going to tell you exactly how I really feel and how you should feel and whatever. But you use it as a more of a weapon, but I could see, I would use it as a shield. Like, look, I'm being vulnerable right now. Like, don't, like, let's just yeah, and we do have those it. different don't, personalities, and that's what makes me. that. But I, it, but it's like I love that though. It's like vulnerability without boundaries is not really vulnerability, and it's like I, you know, we talked when you stepped out for a second. It's like you had boundaries with Deke. That's why I love that illustration. Mm. You know that there you were vulnerable, but the boundaries made the vulnerability even more so. Right. And it's like how how do we do that? How do we wrestle with that? What were you also talking about when I just walked back in here about self-reflection or... Oh, uh, living into our values. Self-awareness and self-love matter. We, uh, who we are is how we lead. You know, and I think about that well with you. You know, who we are is how we lead. You got self-awareness, but you also have that self-love. You know, and it's like, yeah, you, you, we talked about it with, you know, with Jill, your wife, Shannon and I are, are tweaking on the Enneagram and it's just like learning the differences with the Enneagram. You know, mm-hmm. there's the healthy for me, the healthy eight, there's the healthy seven, you're yeah. a seven, you know, Shannon, there's the healthy two, but then there's that unhealthy eight, you know, and when I'm at that unhealthy eight, I'm not self-aware, you know, uh, and so that, that's me is, is just being at that place of going, okay, man, I am self-aware, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, you know, be more of that encourager. Yeah. And I think we're, we're going to have to kind of wrap up in a minute, but... How come? I, well, because I think that's a whole different... I want to... Because I want to think about it. I think that's a whole different <laughs> different episode, talking about self-awareness. I was okay. asked by somebody to do more on self-awareness, mm. because... Can I don't we know. talk about it in the workplace and how it it uh, it, it it is a part of yeah opera. I don't I don't know organizational organizational under, I don't, yeah and I don't yeah. think that people understand the definition of self awareness uh, you know what I mean I want to take like, a stab at it yeah please okay. just from yeah non medical I would love, I would love a, to talk more about from a, it. Yes. being a business owner yes so uh, it's very helpful to me to have people that I really trust that are around me. And um, I do think that we learn a lot about who we are in the reflection of the eyes of the people that we love. And so I think self-awareness is realizing when uh, others can see the blind spot in you that you can't recognize. And then creating a a safe place for that to actually work itself out. I'm thinking about Brad and Steve right now. And I know uh, Steve has had a lot of success getting to the top of the organization. And part of one of his gifts is he's able to interpret what I say sometimes. Yeah. Or reframe it so that other people... It's digestible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm talking about vision and big picture and synthesizing how they all kind of weave together. And Steve's able to understand it, regurgitate it, and and operationalize it. Okay, here's what we're missing, you know? We need a better forecast right now in our backlog. I can't tell when the revenue's gonna hit the business. It's aggregated into a big number, but 
it's not big enough for me to make decisions and I'm worried about debt. So like help me with this. Yeah. And so there's, there's oftentimes, you know, we, we are in cycles where we're evaluating process that's missing and w why we need it. Um, sometimes we're trying to validate whether or not we're inventing process unnecessarily or not. Like how much time will it take to develop a process that'll show us something and whether it's very valuable or not. Um, and it's amazing how deep all that is. But it, it goes, and I, I don't know, it, maybe I'm tracking with you, maybe I'm not. Oh, I like what you're saying, and, and see if you get it too, Shannon, is uh, he's talking about processes, but it's, it's really about, you know, when we're talking self-awareness, is it really about processes, or is it about truly uh, having people in our life that show us our blind spots? I think yeah, that's what it that's, is. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And so it's like, am I open to someone else? Or if I'm in community with others, or you have, you know, your C-suite guys, Steve and Brad, mm -hmm. you know, and they're able to go, wait a minute, you know, here's these blind spots. And a blind spot didn't mean definitely, a, you know, it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just a blind spot. When you're this visionary and you're talking about, you know, where Gordon Highlander's going down to Houston and Austin and you are you have this incredible vision and then you got greatness in the sense of Steve comes along that knows you and Brad intimately, that grew up with y'all as well. He's able to chunk it down because uh, Brad, it you know, can get the systems going and the organization and, you know, have that checklist. And the three of y'all are making this freaking awesome team that's just rocking and rolling. But it's like each of y'all have your different blind spots. Well, or and our gifts too, right? Yes. Mine's influence, Steve's yeah. a strategy, Brad's an execution. Yes. But, it, 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 you know, if you let three guys that were strong in execution build process... Yeah. It would choke a business out. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, if you had three guys that were vision, nothing would get freaking done. And same with strategy too. Yeah. A lot of ideation, a lot of ideas. You yes. know. And so, which uh, is the, the self awareness piece because you have to have people that are willing to admit that they have that blind spot, and you know, and I think pride and ego can get in the way with that big time. And so. You know, that helps with um, getting rid of codependency, too, I think, or helping manage codependency, too, if you can be self-aware. Because if you can realize your blind spot, you aren't going to necessarily dive into codependency on someone else because... I don't know. It might be, yeah, yeah, it I might mean, be your your blind spot. If if you go, okay, hey, this is a blind spot. This is a shortcoming. I get, you know, what we talked about earlier, and I'm all right with it. Is like, man, I I get in the weeds when it comes to the data for borrowing money or you know going that next level in the business. And you know, we're we're gonna do another episode here in a little bit with our buddy Chad. You know, and it's like y'all have given me those gifts. Is like I, you know, I gotta. To see your blind spot yes. so that you can be self-aware so that then you can be a better person and you're not, you know. A lot of times I think when you're realizing what's missing or you're dealing with your blind spots, 
you know, building process or having the right people are usually the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And so I might not be good at this, but you are, and we know that this is important. So let me stay focused on the contact work or influence. You do the reading of the tea leaves. Yeah. Sometimes I cross over into other well, people's it, lanes and, and, and sometimes it doesn't get done and, and I'm getting feedback, you know, that that's <laughs> not relevant and that's just one of your fears and part of your blind spots trying to run the show right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what I appreciate is like, man, it's like, I, you talk about processes. I'm a, I'm a person in process. You know, it's like, I want to be that person that's constantly in the process, you know? And it's, if I think I'm not in the process, it just, I, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the wild thing. It's like, man, how do I, how do I get to that place of being that person in process? That is that organizational health. Yeah, I was just thinking like uh, the human doing versus the human being. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time, you know. Yeah, I know. It's it's we've had a lot of success, and people are, you know, there's a lot of accolades, and people are like, oh, you know, like look at what you've built, and uh, I still kind of see it in this wonderful, messy, unbuilt way. Like it's to me, I feel like it still has tons of potential. The greatest thing for me, I think, was, uh, you know, I didn't go with the with the mission statement and core values, and I didn't go, I didn't go with all that at first. I wanted to live it out, not memorialize it and put it up on the wall. But we got to a point where we had achieved a certain scale, and we couldn't go any further, and we we memorialized those things. So our our mission statement is to build a legacy of helping others reach their God-given potential. And the most amazing thing uh, for me is just seeing that that actually come to life in other people. That is awesome. But let's uh, let, let's get back to this because I would love, you know, down the road to, you know, it really explore, you know, braving trust, learning to rise and some of these other mm. values because I'm, I'm just getting tweaked out on the organizational health. But, uh, man, I loved this episode, Gordo. Thanks for kind of wrestling with this, you know. And until next time, we're out. Okay, wow. I didn't...